From the Medical Republic, I'm Francine Crimmins. This is The Tea Room. Over the last two decades, because of increases to practice costs and other incentives, many small-scale general practices have merged into larger ones. And last year, only one quarter of all practices were GP-owned, a 10% drop from 2008. But this decline in GP ownership has led to an increase in corporates taking over the running of clinics. This episode, we talked to Dr. Carolyn de Mol, a former Dutch GP and researcher at La Trobe University, about the decline in GP practice ownership and how it could have significant downsides for patients. Dr. de Mol, thank you for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Yeah, great honour to be here. So you recently published a study in the Medical Journal of Australia, which looked at the impact of general practice size and ownership models, and particularly on patient outcomes. What led you to explore this topic? Um, so the initial interest actually of the topic came from my co-author, Dr. Sundararian, because she had a lot of experience with working as a GP in the US as well as in a large practice in Australia. And she experienced firsthand how the culture of the practice had changed after the practice was sold by its two GP owners to a non-clinical person. And that change actually resulted in many colleagues leaving the practice. So I had a similar sort of, or I, I was a GP in the Netherlands during the 1990s and co-owner of a large practice in a small town. And GPs in the Netherlands, as you might know, have an ongoing cradle-to-grave doctor-patient relationship due, due to a formal patient enrollment system. And... That was a really positive experience for me. So my experience with this service delivery model, that actually motivated my interest in this topic. And what data were you able to access? And is that data somewhat limited in Australia? Yeah, there is some certainly some data available about the GP workforce. Uh, so including uh, practice service size and, and ownership. Um, for example, the RCGP has a a great survey every year, the Health of the Nation survey. So I could get some data from that report. Also, some qualitative data is available about the perspectives of patients and GPs on the delivery of GP care and different practice models. But there's not much. So most studies are actually from overseas. And although they are also westernized countries and it is possible to extrapolate these findings to Australia, it is still important, of course, to recognize that there are differences between countries and on, on multiple levels, actually. And so looking at what you found out, what were the main discoveries? So corporate-owned, but also large general practices can indeed impact key elements of cheap uh, general practice service provision. For example, if you think about access to care, fewer practices, and especially in regional and remote areas, can mean uh, a reduction in choice. And, you know, with practices coming together, it could increase travel time, especially for people in, the, in those areas. Financially, also because of the consolidation of practices, competition can fall and maybe I couldn't really sort of find any research about it, but you can sort of see that there is a reduction in bulk billing and an increase in out-of-pocket fees. Uh, which could be related, of course, to the consolidation of practices. And for example, in 2019, only 66% of patients had all of their GP services built, and that's less than in previous years. 
Then moving on to, and I think for me personally, with my background, the impact on the continuity of care. Of course, many studies have looked at the importance of ongoing doctor-patient relationships. But in large practices, unfortunately, the usual GP is often replaced by usual practice. And some studies reported that uh, doctors are not really aware of their medical history and that there's a lack of follow-up for chronic diseases. So this can have an influence on the care management of chronic diseases, of course, but can also result in doctor shopping for antibiotics, but even worse, uh, opioids, and, and impact, of course, the quality of care. Some studies have shown that uh, non-traditional providers perform worse on measures related to patient experience and cost and efficiency, but those were mainly overseas studies. So there's not much information about Australia about the quality of care. And I noticed that there was also a point that you and your co-author made about how even though there may not be worse outcomes detected in corporately owned practices, there also isn't any market improvement by having these models. So exactly. I guess what does that tell us about corporate ownership and you know the security of healthcare going forward? Yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's of course what, what was the main thing or main reason for us to look at that. Yeah, so there is not much information about that. But of course, the main concern with corporate general practice is that it's owned by for-profit companies and they have shareholders and they, those shareholders have little or no involvement in, running, in the running of the business. So uh, there might be issues that doctors may be forced to you know, deliver revenue renew and that can sort of um, relate to over-servicing or over-referring. Up till now, there's no evidence of that, um, although some studies have looked in that, and it seems that larger studies in these indeed seems to over-refer and over-service a little bit more. So on the other hand, corporate practices also can offer a lot of benefits for, for patients, for example. You know, there are on-site radiology and pathology services, uh, allied health services. Often there's a pharmacy as well. There are extended opening hours, so not all is bad. And, and, and again, for GPs, um, you know, they, they can sort of uh, move away from managing their practice and don't worry too much about the financial side of everything and, and get a better work-life balance with flexible working hours. So I think overall, therefore, the main issue is, is that, that for-profit company model, that, 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 that philosophy that, uh, that is out there that is, uh, is a bit scary. What were the reasons for GP practice ownership going down? Did you find any in particular? There are a lot of reasons, of course, why GPs don't really want to own their own practice anymore. And actually, the RCGP report that I previously spoke about um, said that almost two in three GPs who do not own a practice at the moment have no interest in becoming a practice owner in the future. And some studies saw that the discouraging ownership actually relates to the increased responsibility of having your own practice and the time commitment and financial burden. So a large practice that you do not own for yourself and also a corporate practice gives that sort of extra, yeah, extra free time and, and less commitment. Obviously, you've practiced in general practice in the Netherlands and your co-author has practiced in the U.S., just on a personal note, do you see any barriers here that could that changes could be made that could maybe improve um, the scope of practice ownership and therefore 
improve patient outcomes? Um, yeah, I think overall, I guess that, and also what's, what studies showed is that mainly that financial business knowledge maybe needs some more education and training and yeah, making doctors aware the importance of continuity of care. And, and that also, I think, provides that extra joy in work. You know, as a family doctor, knowing all your patients and, and their families, that, that gives an extra dimension to your work as a GP instead of just seeing everyday people and, and, and not really knowing what goes on in their life. But that's, of course, my, my personal idea. But overall, I think, yeah, maybe also something like mentoring arrangements, you know, getting people to know or getting young doctors to know all the doctors that maybe want to stop in, in, uh, in due time and, and yeah, maybe learn from people in the field about how to practice and, and, and manage your own place. But, but also, I think maybe it's, it's a, maybe the new generation doctors that want more free time and or not all those responsibilities. So a lot have changed over time in, in the way maybe doctors see their work as a doctor as well. And what do you see as some of the bigger implications for studies like yours? I think there needs to be more awareness about the importance, again, of the continuity of care and, and, and how GPs can be the, the, the keepers of, of, of health, basically. They should be the first people that, that people see before they actually have to go to the hospital or being referred to a, a specialist. And I think the awareness of, of that is, is really important. And um, another thing, of course, is that more research needs to be going into actually impact of uh, corporatization on the, you know, on the quality of, of primary health care. Dr. Jamal, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. <laughs>